In this episode, we talk about HubSpot's reporting tools, including new custom reports. Welcome to HubShots, episode 139. You're listening to APAC's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we talk about HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search to Be Found and with me is my rather tired co-host, Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Man, where, where are you getting this energy from? <laughs> oh my goodness. I so, think you got worn out with all that networking. Yeah, this so, so we're recording this. We just started about 10.30 at night, which is not particularly bad for us normally, but we had a networking event here at the office and man, you're, you are full of energy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, I know you've it, been fried. Haven't it just you? kills me. I just the networking events. They're like, um, that's punishment for me. Yes, oh, but we struggle through. I learned some great tips from you, just about just going around and saying hi to people. It's yes. great. It's got to learn those skills. So it was good, but gee, I'm tired. I know it is. It is. It can be tiring. All right. Oh, on to our inbound thought of the week, Craig. You need to actually be careful with reporting. And if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. Yeah, this is right. So look, this episode, we're going to be talking about HubSpot reporting. But I guess we want to start the show by talking about reporting in general. Why would you get into reporting? And I guess we want to highlight it at the start of the show because reporting should be the first thing, well, one of the first things you think about when you're planning out marketing, right? And sales and, well, yeah. And as you said, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And we always like to set up reporting properly for clients at the start. So there's benchmarks because, well, from, from our side, we have to prove our value to the client. But for the client, they've got to see what's working and be prepared to spend more, but also to get ROI. They've normally got to report up as well. So the whole episode is around reporting. And I guess we're saying this should be something that's thought about early on in the piece when you're planning out your marketing. And yeah, we're just going to dive into some of the reporting tools that uh, HubSpot has, has in place so you can be thinking about it rather than it just being an afterthought at the end. You know, you know how many campaigns have you seen? Oh, yeah, get the end of the campaign. No, oh, how'd, how'd that go? <laughs> oh, actually, well, we didn't put tracking in place. Oh, we didn't. Oh, we, yeah. Well, actually, what does success look like? No one knows, you know, yeah. because they never had an idea at the start. So, yeah, let's dive into some of the reporting. All right. So I have some marketing feature of the week, Craig. And so we're going to kind of split this into, we're going to talk about reporting in the marketing perspective, the website analytics, and even in the sales perspective, because this is really key to organizations growing and growing better. So in the marketing side, we're going to give you a quick rundown of what reports are available. And this is when you log into HubSpot, you're going to see this. You'll be greeted by a dashboard that has a report on it. That's one of the key things we've seen as we've, use the tool. And the first thing is the dashboards, which are giving you a high level trends of what's going on. And you can change these widgets to suit what you need and even create more dashboards to actually get the data that you're looking for. So for us, we have actually created lots of dashboards based on a particular user's need in the business. So if they're looking after sales, for example, then we've created a dashboard that maybe shows them sales activity across the team. If they're in the marketing department, maybe they're actually looking to see how is website traffic trending and how are we converting? So are they, are we actually converting these visitors into customers and how many of those leads are going becoming customers? But it gives you a trend of what's going on. And I think that's a really key. And the new thing that's coming to HubSpot recent is the analytical tools. 
And that's going down, measuring where traffic's coming from, where the sources are, what pages are working. So that's a really great way to find out where traffic's going because we recently used it to suggest to a customer this bit of content that could actually be upgraded where a lot of people actually go there because they're looking for a particular topic but bounce because the content is off. So I said, well, let's upgrade that content because you're getting traffic. Why keep losing it? Actually convert people out of it. Yeah, it's some good insight there um, that you can get at. You've touched on quite a few good examples there. I'm just going to take a step back and look high level at reporting because just to summarize what you said, so we've got dashboards. Actually, here's how I think of HubSpot reporting. It kind of three main parts I put it into. You've got the dashboards. And as you said, as you log in, that's the default. So dashboards... Consider them kind of high-level trends, as you said, and they're they're really just you can hover over, you can kind of see um, pinpoints of what's going on. The second part is analytics, which you talked about. They've got this analytics section. And I when I think of that, I think of it's not so much a dashboard, it's more of a chart with a table underneath that you can drill into. So when you're in the analytics reports, they're the ones that you drill into. So that's a sense of, oh, high level, I want to drill into it, whereas dashboards is really just high level. And then the third part is what we're going to call custom reports. And that's some of this is new, but this idea of building reports that you want. So this is more about, I've got a question I want to answer. How do I build a report to answer that question? So just to kind of summarize dashboards, high level summary of what's going on, trends. Analytics is more diving in and drilling into stuff, digging down. And then custom reports is I've got a few questions I want to ask and get the answer to. And custom reports are good because they're actually the now, I think it's only been released recently. Uh, it might still be in beta for some, but you actually can report across data sets. So you can actually join contacts and deals, for example, to get some combined results. So that's kind of top level about how the reporting is structured. And if you just look under the reports menu and you log in, you'll see those kind of three three main options. But Going back to the dashboards now, I think it's interesting to look at their what they'll call their widget library or their report yes. library. Yeah. Oh, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's and really it's broken, fleshing broken out. down broken down quite well. So we've obviously seen them break it down into main parts, which is uh, contacts, companies, conversions, marketing, and under marketing you've got a whole stack of different ones. Sales again, there's another stack of different reports available, which is broken down further to that point. So what can I say? There's a fair bit of stuff there now. They're great, those widgets, yeah. And you just pop them onto your dashboard and you tailor them for functional areas. And Correct. I think that's what you're highlighting with this library. They're great, grouped around functional areas. Now, quite often clients are familiar with Google Analytics. They're, they probably don't understand it fully and they're kind of a bit overwhelmed by it all. And I guess Google Analytics is much more like the analytics section in HubSpot. Whereas these dashboard widgets are really around functional areas in the business. As you said, sales. Okay, what are some sales things? The sales manager wants to look at this, sales reps this. Marketing. What's the marketing? They want to drill into email. This is a really good way just to pull out those high-level stats and, and benchmarks um, to, to report against. All right. So now we've got a whole bunch of custom reports as well, Craig. And we've actually put resources to that is how to use the custom report builder to get the data that you need. And I want to highlight Daniel Bershey did a great presentation at Inbound, which we've seen some of it, and we've had, we both went through this today. And there's lots of gold in there, but it is quite advanced. So I would actually recommend starting with what you've got in the library, work with it and play with it for a while, and then tackle the more advanced stuff. Because you'll find as time goes on, 
as you understand more about how to use the data, you'll actually go, well, oh, can I see something different to make a better choice or get a better result? Yeah. So look, I, I want to spend a minute talking about Daniel's presentation because I don't want it to just be something we pass over as another resource. This, uh, I, it's probably the most I'm, I'm, comprehensive resource, reporting resource that I've seen come yeah. out of HubSpot. I, I want to say this: this is the best HubSpot authored piece of content I've seen this year. Yes, uh, I'm a technical person, a bit of a geek, and I love this kind of stuff. And the stuff he's gone through is excellent. So we've got a link to his slide share deck, not the video; it's not available yet up on Inbound, unfortunately. But um, the slide deck itself is self-explanatory. You can go through it. So go to SlideShare. Don't try and view it on SlideShare because that's a that's terrible. Right. That's a terrible experience. Download it. <laughs> you just click download and you download the PDF. It's nice high res because yes. he's done a beautiful job with the deck yeah. and great some great joke slides. I in know there. there are. <laughs> Got some great life, life hacks. hacks. <laughs> life hacks in there. Um, we but, should share a life hack or two, Craig. Yeah, yeah, they're they were really good. But really, there's a year's worth of HubShots shows if we just pulled one of his tips out each episode. Yes. This really is an excellent presentation, and for anyone that's on the geeky side, dig in to really get the most out of reports and a lot of it are around the custom reports not all of them around using custom reports everything from how he uses javascript to populate values that get pulled into custom reports using zapier for stuff he's got one tip that i i was sitting here right and i was going this blew my mind you know when i was yes. showing you the workflow tip yes. that he did so he's using workflows to create variables increment variables and he does this great trick where he has uh, nested workflows and then uses them to do a recurring loop on workflows using workflow goals and then workflow entry criteria to just loop this thing until it falls out over a certain number of days. It was such a gold cool tip. So listeners, if this kind of stuff is exciting you, you've got to get this deck. And listeners, if this is completely boring the pants <laughs> off you, then, then I'm really sorry, but it is late at night. But, ah, oh, it's fantastic. And Daniel, if you're listening, I, I can't tell you how excellent I think this deck is. Yeah. It, it and really we, is good. And we do appreciate it. So, And I just want to say Daniel is the team leader of the sales engineering tier here in APAC or Asia Pacific for HubSpot. He's a very smart guy and well worth, uh, fo- I can't believe his Twitter following so low. He's got gold there, but he's big on LinkedIn. That's right. He's chosen LinkedIn, so yeah. And we do appreciate what you do for us, Daniel. Thank, Thank you, you, Daniel. All right, so now we're going to talk about the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. And what would this be to do with? This is to do with reporting, Craig. Oh, how, how appropriate. And this is to do with the dual stage funnel report, right? Now, I created this for a customer because they wanted to see where things were in the deal stage. And I had them had it running for a while. And then we were reviewing numbers a few months in. And they said, oh, this doesn't make sense. I'm sure we have more deals in the system that have actually gone through. Like, it just looked really sparse at the, at the bottom of the funnel. So I'm like, I, firstly, I didn't think anything of it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's true. So then I went looking, uh, why is this not working? Like, there's something wrong here. And so what I discovered, actually, there's a setting and the default setting is that all deals have to go through all the stages, right? Or you can choose show the deals that have gone through any of the stages. And in this business, because it's a building business, obviously someone can walk in. They might actually walk in and be ready to pay a deposit to buy a house. And so they'll skip all the first few stages and they'll just be, I've got my deposit. Here it is. I'm out the door. Thank you very much. But then there are other people that will start at the top, spend months there because they're shopping around and doing stuff. 
and they will, you know, go down, then maybe jump a few. No one actually goes through every single deal stage. Yeah, look, that's pretty common. I, I can see it's quite common for leads to go, say, from a, a lead or even a marketing qualified lead straight to customer because someone didn't go along and say, oh, well, actually, they're sales qualified lead now. Oh, we're creating opportunities. So I totally get it. Yeah, that, that is a, a, a common practice. So, yeah, so that is the gotcha. Make, check the settings and, sit and compare your data that you're getting with other data in the system and make sure that these numbers are lining up appropriately. So that's interesting. That's the default. Yes. And a deal has to go through every stage. Yes. Yeah, wow. And this is the assumption that everybody goes through every deal stage, right? And no one skips it. That's a dangerous default. Yeah. Because what's the downside of just having what you have, which is any. Any, exactly. Any, could be on any other stage. Like there's no downside. Like Correct. Why, why would you ever want to know? I guess sometimes you would want to know deals that went through every stage, but that, yeah. surely that's not the norm. Yeah, interesting default. Anyway, that was my gotcha. That is a great gotcha, yeah. Now, Craig, the marketing tip of the week, nothing to do with uh, reporting. Well, Actually, no, it does. It Sorry. does because this is <laughs> exactly I, the outcome, yeah. That's exactly right. And I pointed this out to you when you were showing me a site that you're developing. And so you're doing um, work for a particular kind of business. Essentially, it's a one-man band. So he has a mobile number, right? So he goes, I Well, want- you know what's interesting? He's actually got a big team. Oh, has he? Yeah, it's actually quite a big company, but he puts oh. his mobile on the website. Oh, that's as the really number. interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah. So here's a tip, right? Hmm. If, if that's the case and he wants it on there, so the, my tip, the marketing tip is, is that get a, a toll-free or a 1-300 number in Australia. I know lots of our listeners in the US, so maybe it's an 800 number in the US. And use that on the website as the number because you can actually use that in all your tracking. If you're running paid ads or you're going, well, that's on the website. So even with paid ads, I would almost buy a different number or use a Google tracking number mm-hmm. to track what's going on. But and even if flyers and um, offline exactly. stuff, use a yep. different number, yeah. So on the website, use the 1300, 1800 or 800 if you're in the, in the US and you can actually track that number. So what we do for clients, we set that up and we say, look, we're going to track this to make sure it's working. We can actually tell how many calls came, what region they came from, what the duration was. Some of our customers choose to record calls for quality and training. So then we use that to understand, okay, calls came from particular regions at particular times, or maybe we should spend our marketing dollars in those areas when we're doing paid advertising, for example. So that is the tip in terms of reporting on the number. And then at the end of the month, we can actually give that data to our customer and say, okay, on this number, you had this many calls and this was the outcome. So I think that's a great tip. Now, the other tip for you is if this guy wants his mobile number on the website, is put it on the contact page and put it as a direct number to him and make it really clear. Okay, you're going to call Dan on this number, but this is the office number that they need to call. You know what? I just Because I've always had my mobile number on my website from day one because yep. I've just thought anyone can call me, they can find me. I'm not that famous. So, no listeners, problem. please call Craig. <laughs> sure, call me. But the thing is, it's got so bad now, I never answer my phone unless yes. I recognise the yeah. number, right? So, it just goes off all day. Um, I was actually wondering if I should get a 1300 number just because I can churn and burn it. By the time everyone, it's ended up in all the telemarketers' databases, I'll just churn that 1300 number and just get another one that links through to my mobile and said, probably too late, that horse has bolted. But yeah, I don't know why I thought of that. But this is a great way to do it. And I was talking to a customer of ours and they're a local mechanic. 
And I actually asked them, I said, because they actually got, they've got more people in the office now. The person that used to answer the phones has kind of changed their roles. And I said, but she has it redirected to her mobile. I said, why don't you just change it to redirect to somebody else? And then if they don't answer, then redirect back to you. And she goes, oh, that's too hard. I said, why is it too hard? I do it all on an online portal in like two seconds. I log on and I go, I want it to go here or I want it to go there. Or I set a schedule that after this time, it's going to be going here. And she goes, oh, can you do that? (laughs) So you can do that. That's great. What tool are you using for that? So I use a service provider that I can do that and they've changed. So I can't tell you specifically, but I'm researching some new ones. And we've used some in the US. We should customers. do that as a shot in a future show, just how to set that up. Because um, I, yeah. didn't re- I did, I actually didn't realize it was that flexible. So yeah. Like so I mean, that's easy. what I say. Like, you, I could literally sit here for the next five minutes. I could buy a number, configure it, and you're off and running. There we go. So um, tip of the way. And I've done that for customers that do stuff in the US. So again, I think we've found stuff online, bought the number, configured it, and away we're off. So there's there's the marketing. Reporting tip of the week. Great for reporting. Excellent. All right, on to our sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is also to do with reporting. And this is how to create sales reports that make sense and track what you need. Now, I'll put one caveat here. This sales reporting is very high level. And where this hasn't worked for us is where we've actually worked with a business where they have a weekly sales meeting and they go through pretty much every line item or every contact that's in the in the deal stage or the funnel that they have. And they're looking at specifics. So they're looking at, so one of the things we introduced is on this line item is, you know, what have the sales consultants put in there? So messages about what sales sales consultants are talking to them about. If they've actually made an inquiry through the website, what was that inquiry? What did that say? You know, where they've actually come from. Yeah, right. So some people obviously inquire and then walk into a display center, for example, they're a builder. And so it's been really interesting understanding because they didn't have visibility of that before or they didn't have the granularity of that before, whereas before they figured, oh, it's either a walk-in or they ask people, whereas now if it's generated from social, paid social, paid advertising, like we, that's the level you can get down to, right? Yeah. So we've kind of got a hybrid of, we're asking people where they're coming from, but we're also going, if you come from an online channel, like what is the, what is the exact source? Right. Of so just so I understand your report. So you, this is actually a listing out. It's pretty report. much a listing. Do they, they actually print it or they're, it's they're reviewing printing. on a screen? Right. So yeah. they're printing it out. Yeah. That's not uncommon actually in sales meetings because yeah. so they want to dive into Correct. all these details. So, and I guess what you're saying is. And HubSpot doesn't do yeah, that very Hub, well. <laughs> HubSpot hasn't got to that level of yes. that kind of detailed reporting. I mean, I know customer reports are getting better. And they've now got, you know, you can kind of set that it's getting to where you can create your own table, but it's still limited to how many fields. They've got the exports. You can export to Excel and maybe print from there. So it's kind of getting there, but it's still not correct. So the the problem we have here is that obviously if you export it to Excel, you can, you can do whatever you want. Right. But if you, if, if you're saying you're reviewing it on the screen, you can really only sort by one column. And what they want is actually by their, let's call it their deal status or deal stage and by the create date, which I can't do. Right? Yeah, that's so right. Now I'm in a pickle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's when we started using Zoho reporting to get that data out or exporting that contact view and then manually sorting it in Excel or numbers as I use and then generate the report. So Yeah, right. Well, actually, you wonder whether that kind of, I mean, this is a topic for another 
for another day, but you wonder whether from Google Sheets you could call the API. I don't know whether the HubSpot reports API is, you know, exposed yet or what how much is exposed, but at some well, point there'll be, be a Well, it must be because it's going into Zoho. Yeah, I guess so. So it would be, yeah. Yeah, but from, say, Google Sheets, I'm just wondering yeah. how easy it would be to pull from to Google Sheets. Because yeah. then you can just, you know. That's right, automate, automate a process. Yeah, everyone knows. It's getting there. But, yeah, I guess that's an example of where HubSpot's not quite ready, but there's you've got examples in the show notes of dashboard widgets and yes. things like that that are really on point. So I'm going to talk about a few really key dashboard widgets in sales. I think the deal stage funnel is really important, and we've seen that across multiple clients. And one of the key things here is make sure you've actually got your deal stages set up correctly and don't be afraid to go through every so often and review it and change it if it needs to be changed and then align everything back into there with the sales team to make sure that things are in the right spot. Yeah, look, we've chatted about deal stages before and pipelines and things like that. And I've got various, I've got multiple pipelines in my portal for different brands and things. And the mistake I made was they're all different, so you can't actually aggregate them up to summarise. You can only um, report across a pipeline. Trap for, for noobs. <laughs> Second one is uh, a deal leaderboard. And one of the custom things that one of our customers wanted, they actually wanted the deal leaderboard with the count of the number of deals per person. So, so that was one of those things where we can track the revenue of that leaderboard and then how many actually deals are in that person's name well and also closed deals like Correct. one of our clients their actual commission we've chatted about this on a previous show what the commissions paid to the reps are based on exactly. the reports out of hubspot so yeah. yeah the next one i want to talk about is the leads assigned to sales reps so this is another key thing is to understand who is getting leads and so then you can obviously track to see how people are yeah, processing them. That's an or if one. someone is overloaded, so that maybe they're getting too many and they actually can't deal with it. Yeah. That'll really clearly show you what's going on. I thought the next one was really interesting. And this is the recent deal amount by source. And why I'm showing this is because what's really key here is there are channels that leads might be being generated that are actually disproportionate to everything else. But when you actually look at the amount of business it's generating, you might actually change what you're doing. So even though you're generating a lot of leads, for example, this particular client, paid social generates a lot of leads. But if you look at the deal amount by source, it's actually at the bottom. So just be aware of what those real numbers are at the end of this process. That's it, right? It's end-to-end measurement. And this is really, this really highlights highlights the value of the work you may or may not be doing. That's right. Exactly. So don't get caught in one side. Understand the full picture. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week. Now, this <laughs> you're struggling with the word usage of a software. Look, I, I don't know if I'm an old fogey or whatever, but if you notice people have started um, referring to this is our software for doing X, Y, Z. Yes. HubSpot is a software for marketing. And it's like, no, what's the, the what's that little A there doing? Anyway, this is not a new gripe. People have been griping about this for years. But the reason I'm raising I'm just seeing it a lot lately. Yes. And I've got a link in there to Google where, you know, it's becoming more and more prevalent. Yes. And so why on earth is this in the show? I don't know. I was just getting bugged about it before. You were but really bugged about it. I know. It's, like, <laughs> it's not a software. It's... <laughs> 
that's a software tool or a software system. I guess because I'm a software engineer by yes. trade, I kind of feel like it's a mass noun. It's like exactly, it, yeah. So anyway. We'll pass on quickly. Why on earth did I put that in the show? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'll <laughs> I have to get it out of my system. Thank you, <laughs> listeners. You're part of my therapy. <laughs> All right, Craig, feedback of the week. And this is a thank you to... Oh, thank you to Vanessa from Mosaic. So last last show, we talked about our marketing stack, of which HubSpot Starter was Correct. Um, part of it. And uh, for the website and landing page, we recommended WordPress from WP Engine, a host on WP Engine plus the landing for landing pages in our starter pack. So obviously we want HubSpot Pro and that for the, the larger companies, but for the starter stack, well, that's where we had. And so Vanessa quite rightly asked the question, you know, nice comment. She, um, by the way, thanks, we, thanks listeners and thanks Vanessa. We love getting feedback. I writes in and says, well, what about HubSpot CMS? Where do you see that? fitting in because that's it's a standalone piece and it's you know it's reasonably economical where do we see it and so thank you we didn't actually mention that in the show last it was probably implied in the mid to large uh, sector but it's a good point so is it comparable well i i'm interested in your view in a second and but mine is well it's we probably needed a middle tier Correct. Because if we think of HubSpot Starter plus the C HubSpot CMS, that's yes. kind of replacing where HubSpot Basic was before. Correct. HubSpot Basic being phased out, but it was in the middle between Starter and, and Pro. And I think I mentally think of it there because if we think of HubSpot CMS, it's 300 bucks uh, US compared to, say, WordPress and Landing, which might be around 75 bucks for those two together. So there's still a bit of a price difference, but it's not that great a jump. So it's, I think it's quite reasonable that you might use HubSpot CMS instead of WordPress and landing if, if your budget can stretch that far out the lower end. What, what do you think? Absolutely. Uh, we use the HubSpot CMS across multiple clients and we love it because the ease of building, the ease of not having to worry about plugging security holes, its integration within the site, so the ease of adding, you know, CTAs, smart content and so on like that's one of the really key things for us to be using it and giving personalizing an experience to more people that's essentially what it is yeah i i think so we're moving more to cms build uh, hubspot cms that's right builds yeah so now not to forget cms past and new cms actually has now in the system it has website pages landing pages and blog all in there, right? So these are some of the things that were in marketing basic and you got website pages and blog in professional. So you got landing pages and blog. But now if you actually want to get started and it's actually a great way to get started is to have all of that already hosted on HubSpot. And one of the benefits of HubSpot is actually the speed of the site because what they've actually really done is invested in infrastructure and how they're process stuff and they're on this continual improvement to make sites faster because that's what Google's after. So I think there is a definite benefit when you're looking at it from that perspective. Totally. And well, there's the whole all-in-one piece, you know, it just takes a few of these additional pieces out and it's all to one uh, back to the all-in-one goal, which we're after. So yeah, look, thanks, Vanessa. I think there was, I think we actually missed mentioning the CMS at all last episode. So thanks for bringing that to our attention. We should have included it. Thanks for listening. All right, Craig, resource of the week, SiteLiner. Oh, really quick tool. I got this on Traffic Think Tank actually oh, yes. highlighted. Um, it's a content duplicate content highlighter. 
So basically you, you pop your site in and it crawls through your site and it gives you an indication of how much of your content is duplicate content on your site. So it highlights all of that, nice some nice pretty graphs, then the duplicate content. So I've got a screenshot. I ran it through um, one of our sites. 11% duplicate content across the site, which isn't too bad, by the way. Yeah, so what are, what are appropriate numbers, Craig? That's actually not too bad, up to about 20%. It's probably okay. okay. And wh- I'll, just qu- I'll just clarify that because quite often you have consistent call to actions or yes. you might have a footer. Some yeah. people have man- monster footers. Correct. It's kind of good at just checking the content in the pages, but, you know, you might quite often repeat stuff like, right. oh, you know, this service or here's an yes. offer that we have. It appears within content yep. on pages. So the danger, though, is when you're getting up around 40 50% duplicate content because then it's more likely you've got entire pages okay. that are duplicated. Yeah. But this tool, it'll... It'll highlight that and then you can drill in so you can have a look at them. So, for example, quite often you get, say, category pages yep. or tag yes. pages, yep. which kind of have, they're just really bunch of archive pages yeah. of similar ones. Yep. So they will be duplicate. So you try and exclude those, yep. um, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, a, okay. a, it's a great little tool. Nice Fantastic. Tip. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. And this is from Avinash Kaushik. Now, he is very well known when it comes to reporting analytics And so I thought a quote from Avinash would be quite fitting for today's episode. All right, have a listen. The web is inherently complex, every bit of it, and it changes every day. In such an environment, insights come not from the multi-million dollar tools that you can implement. And yes, you can buy multi-million dollar tools, but the human power you can unleash to make sense of all the irrationality and ensure that valuable nuggets of insights can be found. The tool is not the answer, it's the people. Buy the tool you want, but remember the 1090 principle or rule. $10,000 in software and invest $90,000 in great stuff and invest accordingly if you want to win. Well, I didn't know about that 1090 rule. But no, it I makes didn't. sense to totally. me. Uh, is, is that an Avinash rule? We should just make up a HubShots rule, right? <laughs> anyway, I, but I agree with it. I think that is quite right because, Absolutely. you know, the, the expensive tool in the hands of fools. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the reverse of that. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We've got a few bonus links in this show to do with SEO and everything that's going on. So encourage you to have a look at that. There is the HubSpot Zoom connector that is in the marketplace and that's going to become they were talking about it inbound, about that happening. So get more seamless meetings happening between sales using that connector. So that, and webinars as well. It'll sync right. webinar attendees straight okay. into HubSpot, yeah. So that's fantastic. All right. We'd love you to leave some feedback right to us. Take a screenshot of this episode and tell us one thing you've learned and tag us. We'd love that. And we'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that will greatly help us grow. Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.